Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone who supports anything we do. Special shout out to all the students from By the Hood University. Salute to all the kids from By the Hood Ownership Camp. Um, <laughs> as you know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work, building businesses, doing positive work in the communities. I got my partner, Crown Corby. Corby, what's up, good brother? What's really good? Everything, uh, you know, it's 2022. Uh, you know, every day is a good day to be alive. Let's go get it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yes, listen, sir. like I like I said already, listen, we highlight brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work, building businesses, repairing our communities. Um, and we're gonna keep doing that. We're gonna keep highlighting these people, telling their stories. We got a brother like who's who's you know went into the real estate game, right? And has his own construction company, he's an investor himself does wholesaling, um, and he's going to share his story. He has a unique story. We were talking a little bit before we came on about his journey into this uh, business, so I can't wait for him to share his story, man. We got the brother Chris Darden on. Chris, what's up, good brother? For sure. What's going on? What's going on, brothers? How you? Jimmy Corey, I'm, I'm amazing, man. I'm amazing. I'm actually happy to be doing this. I've been trying to get a, uh, you know, just get back on my brand, get back on the stage this year and attack. I thought my barber was going to uh, play me out this morning so you know i had to make that special phone call like hey, hey listen man you know i need the red partner john like eight o'clock in the morning but i need that so you know everything, everything worked out you know what i mean business <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up man listen so we want to highlight you and talk about your story what you got going on man tell us uh, where you originally from gotcha i'm originally from narstown so i'm probably about 20 25 minutes outside of philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, right across in montgomery county and uh yeah, that's how we carry it, man. Shout out what, to the uh, town. What, uh, what schools did you go to coming out there? When- uh, so my elementary school, well, I guess even before that, I went to the OIC, which is like our little community, like daycare or whatever the case may be, or the biggest one. Um, I believe it's government funded. Um, other than that, elementary school, I went to Cold Manor Elementary School. Uh, middle school, I went to East Norton Middle School. And uh, high school, I went to North Sound Area High School. Okay, what kind of student were you coming up? Uh I would say I was pretty, I was straight A's until I got into about third grade. That's when I got a little bit cool. I was always the cool kid, but that's when I met like my best friends. And, you know, we all been in for like a good dub now. Um, just strong, just, you know, growing through friendship and going through stuff. But uh, I think that's when my, you feel me, I went from straight A's to like BC and then, you know, I might have a D here and there, but all right, let me try and stay BC, but. I would say overall, I was like a C C student when, okay. when it was all said and done. When you were going through that, though, what were your dreams then? Like, what, what did you think you were going to do? Like, what was your dreams as a kid coming up? I, I wanted to go to the league, man. I wanted to go to the NBA. I wanted to play basketball from then until the rest of my life. That's all I was dedicated to up until uh, I played my last season in 11th grade. Um, okay. So. You know what's funny about that, right, is like growing up in the inner city, all of us want to go to the league, whether that's the NFL sure. or the NBA. And, and the funny thing is, so – um I spoke to a group of kids at a school and asked them, like, you know, what do you guys want to do when you grow up? And these were like, you know, some of these kids, this is like 11th and 12th graders. Mm-hmm. And folks was like, go to the league. 
it's dudes in 12th grade who still thought they were going to the league and they didn't play on the high school team. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. I'm like, yo, how are you going to the league, bro? Like, no AAU ball, no, no high school AAU ball. ball. You're not on the, but you're still going to the league. Right. That's crazy. But I mean, all of us had that. Dude. So um, you thought you was going to the league, right? So what what was the next step in your journey, right? So Norristown High School. So what happened after that? Like after what, high school or yeah. what? I, well, I went to community college and um, I actually <clears> – <throat> a unique story i can kind of peel peel the onion back on it in a, in a second but like high school you know i played up until 11th grade and it was dope too because all my friends like i said we got like 20 years in but we all played aau together from sixth grade and went okay. and competed we did the little you know community leagues we started you know a travel team and um we actually ended up uh you know just competing and just growing with a lot of you know players that you know some people know today Tariq evans and you know wayne ellington you know scoop yeah. jardine this guys that you know, really made some headway. Deion Waiters, stuff like that. We played against those guys. And um it's uh, you know, it was it was dope, but you know, I wasn't the best. But our 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 town was stacked for real, for real. Like by the time we got to high school, it was so many good players that we actually spread out like our whole team. So we had two teams, which was two grades, two grade levels, and uh, you know, just too much. Everybody could have played varsity and you know, been their own yeah, star. Yeah. But um, some people went, you know, to South Philly to play. Some people went to another heart, uh, Catholic school um, here. But if we all could have stayed together, I think we would have did a lot, you know, a lot more damage over time. But mm-hmm. we did do uh, two two runs. My 11th grade and my 12th grade year was back-to-back state championship runs with, you know, guys I played with for, you know, as long as I can remember. So that was That's a dope, dope part. But the, you know, the hurtful part of it, too, because I had a, a decision to make at the time. Um I ended up getting a girl pregnant and, uh, you know, I was expecting twins. So it was like, you know, my, my dreams was, you know, they shit, they shifted really. I had a decision. Yeah. Of, am I going to fight for this spot for my senior year to play varsity and try and get a scholarship and, or am I just going to go, you know, straight get into this paper and like, you know, take care of what I got to do, which, you know, I, I had to do that. And, you know, my mentality at the time was start a business, get myself, you know, set up so that, you know, my friends was done college in four years that, you know, nobody could tell us how much money we could actually make because we would have the vehicles and the knowledge to be able to go and make whatever we wanted to make and run it up. So I actually spent my uh, my senior year, you know, trying to start a clothing line and just doing sketches in class and, you know, just building my vision. Basically, I was hustling at the time. Um, I probably started hustling like 10th grade and, uh, you know, had little jobs and stuff like that. And I was just trying to figure it out, really. But that was like the the, the turning point of me, you know, dropping my dreams, everything that I thought that I was going to do, mm-hmm. getting uncomfortable and figuring out, you know, something else that I could do that, you know, I can help myself and help the people around me because, you know, that dream was, you know, it was over for real, for real, when I really had to look at what was going on. So, yeah, um, you know, um, it's funny, though, because even mm-hmm. talking about like, you know, youth sports and high school sports, like those things are still important, like, sure. you know. Some of my some of my closest friends. That's how we met, right? A playing playing ball. Like shit, me, even me and Core, me and Core met um playing varsity basketball. Like that's how me and yep. Core met. Um, and even other friends that we still got to this day. That's where it comes from. So yeah, for sure, yeah. man. That that, yeah. that ball take you a lot of places. And it does teach you a lot of different skills and things like that that I wouldn't have been able to do. That's when I really started traveling outside my own community. Like we was hooping, so it was like. I got to see different places and go to New York and, you know, be in Philly and go to Delaware and play in the guys in Jersey and, you know, all over the county. Like it was a, 
you know, it was a thing. Our team. Well, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you this question. What do you think mm-hmm. is the biggest lesson that you took away from um, your basketball journey and like um, playing hoops, playing? What do you think is the biggest like lesson that you took away from that? I think it's fighting for something that's bigger than you, because like we really had to go to war with these, you know, other kids, and you know, we got our own, you know, idea about how good we are and you know how much we work in and stuff. But we was nice in our town. Like nobody could mess with us. That's why we ended up being the you know, the guys that was on the travel team, you know, you know, making a name for our town at the time. So yeah. you start getting in those other communities. You playing against bulls out of Brooklyn and, you know, you deep in South Philly, you feel me? It's mm-hmm. like, it get different. Like, you know, so, you know, we really had to go to war. And I think that that, it strengthened our relationship as friends. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the biggest thing was like fighting for something that's bigger than you. And that's what kind of flows into my businesses and things like that. Like I'm, you know, I pretty much partner with all of my friends in a different capacity at different times and, you know, started things that, you know, ultimately are helping all of us grow as entrepreneurs, as men. And um, yeah, it's just that big vision. I was a point guard too. So, you know, I was, you know, yeah, facilitating okay, stuff like baby that. Brian. <laughs> you know, you okay, baby so Brian. That, that, that would be probably be the biggest lesson though, man, is definitely fight for something that's bigger than you. Cause even when I think about, you know, my business now, my hardest days, my hardest ones um, with my construction company, I partnered, um, again, guys that I've been playing with all this time, right? And um, when I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, the, the money not there or, you know, something wrong or, you know, it's just hard times or we, we getting hit and we under underwater or whatever. It's like I ain't getting up for myself. I don't love construction. You feel me? I love I love y'all. And this this what we got to do to keep our family straight. So it's like that's what get me up. You feel me? Mm, I heard that. That's nice. <laughs> so. So in your journey, right? So the next step, you, you talk about like you know having twin, or, you know having having expecting twins, um, you mm-hmm. know making that decision that you're going to like you know put something together, um, and your dreams kind of shifted. Yeah. So what was the next part of your story I, I, when that like when that happened? Like what what happened after your 12th grade year? Got you. So I wanted I wanted to go to the art institute, and um, at the time it was like eighty thousand or something like that for you know for for the school year. And I told my mom, and she was just like, you better go to community college. Like, I ain't doing it again. So my brother, is he's about three years older than me, and he had a run when he first got out of high school to go to – he went to Virginia State University. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he did what he did. He messed his play up, though, messed up his financial aid. He didn't do the stuff that he was supposed to do. But, like, I just remember at that time being excited for him and being able to go down to school and see it and, like, you know, the stuff my mom was doing. You know, there's money in the freezer, shit that I ain't never seen her do before. It was like, whoa, you feel me? So when it was my time, it was like – Nah, buddy. You know what I'm saying? You got to <laughs> so that kind of hurt me on the emotional side of things. But um, other than that, it was just like, you know, I went to community college. And uh, so senior year is when, you know, she's expecting. So re- naturally that next year is when, you know, the babies are supposed to be born and, you know, I'm in school, stuff like that. And uh, they pretty much ended up being born premature. So while I'm in college, you know, I'm hustling, I'm doing school and I'm learning, but like I'm going through this thing at the hospital, whereas though, you know, my first uh, son, he died like within the first two days. So it was like, oh, you can imagine that whole, that whole shift of like me changing myself, changing my life, getting this opportunity, you know, manning up. And then it's like, it get taken right away from you. And now Ooh. you kind of got like a fresh start, but like you a completely different animal and you don't really know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How to deal type of thing, but you in money mode, like heavy. So it's like, it kind of strengthened me in a different type of way. That was like really the big shift or the big change in my life that like, turn me into an animal for real for real um but i did three semesters long story short my first son he died in two days the my second son he died in like 30 days but oh. i'm like in class and i'm getting the calls from the hospital hey 
it might not be a good day, so you might want to come. So you mean I'm in and out of class, I'm busting trap, I'm doing too much. You feel me? But like, yeah, I'm just trying to get it right, and uh, you know, that's, do the right that's, that's not the deal, bro. Yeah, yeah ain't sure. at a young age. Yeah, I'm working at the school bookstore part time, so I'm like, you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm trying to put it together, but like, it was just a, uh, it was a thing. You know, what I'm saying it was different. I, ma- I majored in business and I minored in communication, so. Um, that's pretty much where I was at. End up doing three semesters though. I did get some stuff accomplished. I learned some things in school. Um, I was fascinated with like you know international business in a little bit and just like the communications part of it um, helped me out because one of my teachers he was a Grammy uh, award you know uh, producer and he actually put us in touch with a program called Grammy U, which allowed me the opportunity to be able to go to the Grammy. So you know I'm hustling. I got money. Uh, I got my clothing brand. I'm, you know, I'm building the designs up. I got stuff on. So, you know, I ended up taking myself to the red carpet. Like my first time out of my, like out of my hood by myself on some, like, I'm about to go on a trip. I flew to Cali and um, I went to the red carpet and I stayed out there for like three days and I flew straight from Cali to Vegas. And uh, it's a trade show out there. This happens in February. It's called Magic. It's like the biggest yeah. trade show. Uh-huh. For clothes, yeah. Some people out there, it's like, you know, it's a lot going on. People coming from all over the world, vendors, sourcing, anything you can imagine. So, I had that opportunity to like, you know, try and put myself in position by getting my brand in front of people. You know, I was out there, you know, I was just doing stuff, put myself in position for real, for real. Did a photo shoot on the on the on the freeway on top of the uh, you know, like the, the freeway run behind the Staples Center. So I'm mm-hmm. up there doing a photo shoot. I got a photographer right off the runway, took him up there. You know, the helicopters end up coming and yep, get down. And you know, they was trying, <laughs> oh, we was trying, you know, shoot the place up or do something crazy, but I just was trying you know, bust moves and do stuff that I never did before. So that, you know, that was my first, you know, getting myself out of the box. I'm like, you know, my business, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money as of yet, but it started taking me places that, you know, I wouldn't be able to go without it. You know, the only thing that yeah. would make me move around was that basketball prior to that. So, um, so you thought that business could do the same. I, I quickly realized that I quickly realized that it was going to take me different places and do different things. So like, even before like the clothing line kind of, started manifesting and doing this thing it was just like a a statement my clothing line was called Lear and um it was basically me just trying to create a lifestyle and like teach people how to become successful and showing them like you know what I'm doing like this how you you know get yourself on and this how you Mm -hmm. live and you know do things like that that was all the concept was at the very beginning but I was very fashionable in high school I actually was like runner up um you know when it was coming to get nominated for best dress stuff like that my senior year and we actually was doing some things that was actually next level when I really think about it at the time. Um, probably about 10th grade, 11th grade. Um, we basically, like one of my friends, he was throwing parties. So it would be parties, like neighborhood parties and stuff like that all over the town. You pay two, three dollars, a little basement party, sweat box things. And um, we ended up actually being like the first people to take the parties from the basements to a venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we was hustling on the block on Cone Street. And it's like adjacent to a main like commercial uh, strip, but it's a foot, a lot of foot traffic, little stores, laundromats, hair stores, you know, restaurants, stuff like that around there. But these guys from South Philly, they came up and they, you know, bought a restaurant and they had a, a venue space in the back. So they were just trying to get traffic there. So we was like, oh, this stuff, this the play. We basically started splitting the door with them. You know, we, we created our, our name and we was called Team Swagger. And we really like, you know, just had a couple cool guys, a couple of my friends. We would be the ones throwing the parties on the weekends now inside this venue space that can hold, you know, 200 people, stuff like that. So okay. we started bubbling off of that a little bit. I was tapped in already because we had the ball team. All my guys was on the ball team. So like, mm-hmm. it kind of just made it easy to, 
I don't know, make it make it real. But those guys, shout out Kalik Santu and Steve, they actually put me on a fictitious name. So that was the first time we actually did something that was legitimate. You feel me? We we you know did the fictitious name for Team Swagger before mm-hmm. we started even learning about LLCs and all of that. You know, put the stuff in the uh, you know, the business plan inside the you know, certified mail, send it back to yourself and all that type of stuff. And you know, I still got it today, actually. Yeah. Um, but those was like my first business lessons, hustling around the corner, being able to get that opportunity. I would call it event planning is what we were doing. We were throwing parties and stuff like that um, under the fictitious name. We had girls like, you know, 10, maybe 10 girls. And, you know, we was young, but like, you know, these are the girls everybody want to see that's, you know, in our town. And so that, so you basically learned about organizing then. So you, 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 you uh, had a lot going on in terms of the clothing line. Um, you know, you talked about the three semesters. Like figuring out like how to put things together on the fly and all that, right? Yep. yep. What, led, what led you to the real estate game? I was always fascinated about the real estate game. I just never really knew how I was gonna get into it. So even too, while I'm in high school, I'm hustling. I got a couple of dollars, you know, maybe you know seven, eight grand, ten grand. I'm getting up a little bit, and uh, big thing at the time was like a uh, foreclosure. This is like '08, you know, when they were talking mm-hmm. about the uh, market crashing and all that. This yeah. is around that time. I mean, I graduated high school in '09, so. Um, you know, I just wanted to know what it was about. So I started calling them and, you know, the agent, you know, shut me down immediately. You know, you need to have at least, you know, 15,000. You need X credit score, this, that. And I ain't have none of that. I just knew I was hustling. I was trying to figure it out. So I was putting my shot up and figuring it out, but I ain't really know. What actually put me in tune was meeting the right people at the right time. I actually, uh, ended up, um, meeting Jay Morrison. They came into, uh, they came into Philly on a networking event, did like a little radio drum. My homie texted me like, look, this boy, he, he talking about he in South Philly right now getting his hair cut. Like, yeah. like, all right, we, we about to pull up then. And um, that was pretty much the beginning of it. This was before, you know, they started the Jay Morrison, Jay Morrison Academy. Like I was saying, I was in fashion. So they had a, a, a clothing business called Young Minds Candy. It was selling school uniforms. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how we connected. Like, oh, all right, I see what you're trying to do. I'm in fashion too. I had just... Uh, Got some samples of some ties. I had I had done uh, some swimwear type of type of clothing first, meeting through a mutual contact, uh, different designer or whatever the case may be. But it was harder to to sell that than like, you know, I'm a businessman and, you know, I kind of figured out, all right, I can go to any businessman with a tie and we got a conversation. So that was like the mindset. And uh, but when I met him, I ended up giving him the samples to the ties that we even got before I even got into production just to okay. kind of, you know make some type of impact that I'm actually in this business. And like, you know, I know what you're going through and I can definitely assist. So, but you know, eight months later, something like that is when Jay Morrison Academy was uh, developed. And, you know, I had a, you know, I had a front row seat to actually help and develop and build the business and, you know, learning what wholesaling was, that was my entry into the business. Mm -hmm. And um, that was it. I had already known about LLCs and fictitious names at this point. It's gotta be about 20, 2013 and um you know i just started my llc right away and uh, started utilizing the information while this course and all this stuff was being built out because i was already doing it in the streets the, the business models was synonymous you know it was the same thing we just using these contracts and i'm just middleman and stuff so it was like oh all right this is it so your first foray in the real estate was in the wholesale side right yes sir so what was that first deal like for you um when you f- closed your first wholesale deal how, how did that feel and like you know in terms of understanding that you can make money doing this it was it was dope. It was dope because my situation was so much different. You know, I did start my business. It took me two years to close my first deal, though, ironically. And um, 
the good part about it was that I actually closed my first deal with my mentor. So that was like, I don't know, a different type of feeling, different type mm-hmm. of, ah, I'm here. You feel me? Different type of beating on your chest type of deal. And um, it actually kind of, I don't know, it kind of spun me into all these other things that I'm doing. You know, I got a construction business and, you know, I got a development company. Um, but this that first deal kind of gave me all of the basics of all these different components of the business. Uh, one thing that I was learning when I was around Jay was um, what is that, which I like to call like how to hit a home run deal. And it's a lot of people out here doing it. But like basically it's about to be vertically integrated and controlling the uh, controlling the chain. So like you can literally wholesale a deal and literally do the construction for the client and literally manage the property. Uh, you can be in, in between, you know, the finance and then get points on the finance. So you can literally eat like five, six ways on a deal. Um, if you know how to, you know, finesse or, you know, play the game right or move the chess pieces, um, if you will. So that was one thing that my first deal, I ended up, you know, making five grand off the wholesale. Mm-hmm. And I actually got paid five grand to um, construction manage because the, the property was actually in my hometown, my home neighborhood. So what ended up happening was um, I had a networking event, which was another big, you know, moment in my career because I had been working behind the scenes with Jay for a lot you know, a lot, you know, a few years and like I'm doing, you know, business for him and with all these different people from all around the country, but I'm literally with this person like every day. So it was like, that was my moment where we actually shared the stage together and like, you know, it was on my platform in my arena. So yes. I felt like I had actually, you know, gained some skin, you know what I'm saying? I'm actually around. So, but a guy came with a CD, he had like a hundred thousand in a CD and he needed somewhere to invest it. So, and it wasn't even that the other dope part about me doing my first deal you know, I was so used to being looked over and just, you know, we got so much business because my little deal was, you know, a wholesale deal. I had got it for twenty five thousand. I think I sold it to them for, you know, another thirty at thirty five or thirty thousand or whatever the case may be. And. um It was great, but I didn't have to force that deal on them. You feel me? People coming, you know, calling through the phone line. Yeah, we got nine acres of land over here. And, you know, I got this apartment building here and I want to do this. Yes. And that. Like these deals are way more. uh aggressive and people that's actually doing stuff i'm still trying to close my first deal but long story short i had got a call from a uh from a buyer while we were sitting in the living room and i'm talking to him about my property whatever whatever and he just after it was over he was like why you didn't tell me you had a deal i'm just like i ain't think to tell you to have a deal you feel me and then yeah it's kind of spiraled out from there and should we figure the numbers out and like that was it man we went to the closing table like we were feeling and i got to help somebody in my community and i was building my team so like one of my guys from my neighborhood I had them doing uh basically like acquisitions. So I'm like, anything that you bring to the table, you know, it's 30, I give you 30%. So he ended up even making like a good nine hundred to a thousand dollars um through that. And we helped his friend uh beat foreclosure. So they was he was just gonna let the property go for nothing. Basically, his family was living in the property and um he was tired of paying all the tabs on everything and like just getting hit with the bills. He was just like, you know, we gotta put up like three grand um or this joint going to auction like next week. I'm like, look, figure out the three grand and I'll make sure you get more than that. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. Which he figured it out, you know, and then you know we end up doing a deal. So, so it was a win-win-win for everybody. Um, oh, crazy! Yep. So after your first wholesale deal, um, how did you get to the point where you like I'm going to start a development company, a construction company? Because now, you know, we see the plans behind you. You, 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 full-fledged construction company. How, how did you? What was that like? What was that journey from like? Okay, I got my first wholesale deal to now becoming, you know, vertically integrated. Well, let me back you up to the first deal, right? So. I got the wholesale part, right? And then I told you, because it was in my neighborhood, so he paid me five grand to project manage. So I ended up um, getting three contractors to come out and give me estimates, guys that I knew that were local. 
and uh, I ended up hiring a contractor. Um, I think the budget was only like twenty six thousand or something like that, right? And this is my old head. He actually, you know, one of my OGs in the neighborhood, and um, you, you know, I know his sons. You know, we, we real tight stuff like that. But long story short, he like, look, make sure I get the job, and I make sure you make some more money on the joint too. So he ended up actually. You know, I ended up doing like landscaping um, there, mm-hmm. cutting, uh, using a chainsaw, cutting trees down, cutting the trees back, putting a little flower bed on the side of the house, stuff like that. He taught me how to parse the basement, basically showed me how to mix and then put it on the wall. Said, look, you see it? You got it? I said, yeah. All right, cool. Then he left and left me down there. And, um, you know, I ended up, you know, patching and starting to learn the parse basements. Um, what else? The clean out part was before I even hired him. And, um you know, at the time, I'm, I'm calling uh, different companies to come, you know, figure out who's going to do the clean out. And the numbers was like, you know, 1600, you know, people saying 1100, stuff like that. I'm just like, it sound a little high. I mean, it sound a little high. I couldn't understand. You feel me? Then I start learning about, you know, they got to detach like, you know, stuff from the property, like detaching the uh, the tub, detaching, uh, you know, sinks, stuff like that. That's a different, that's demo. So I actually learned like, okay, they charge me more for this because it's not something you can just walk away with. You gotta use tools, stuff like that. But long story short, I ended up calling my other man, which was ended up being one of my partners. Like, yo, you got some of them unks, you feel me? Tell them to come through. We need some cheap labor or whatever. So yeah. we got some for 50 a day. Ended up renting a U-Haul. And me and him ended up making like, you know, two hundred dollars a piece, paid them, and still kept, you know, more profit versus you know me paying somebody 1600 to do the job i'm just like look man, we probably can really do this for real for real like and that was kind of like the the thing like whoa this shit was like quick easy and we probably can really run a do a real business out of this thing so um that play happened like that that's what you know ventured into my construction business um because the contractor that i even hired i came at him for 20 percent. i'm like look I see you got, you know, I see you hustling. I see you get it. But like, I would call it the 80s block hustle is what he got. You feel me? He not really scaling it wide. He kind of knocking yeah. everything out himself. I'm like, I can take your business to the next level. He like, you know, looked at me crazy. Like, you know, I've been doing this for 16 years. What make you think you about to just come get 20% of my, my situation? I'm like, oh, all right. And then, you know, all right, cool. I got you. We came back a good, you know, a couple months later with our own joint. I ended up getting the office with him, splitting it. And like, now I'm running my business. He running his business. But like, we in business. Got you. Got you. So, you know, you, you you figured it out on the fly and like now you learn how to scale up and vertically integrate. That's dope. Um, for, sure, for sure. So it started with the demo. It started on the demo side. You figured yep. it out. Demo, clean outs, general labor, basically all general labor. That's kind of what we specialize in. Um, Like we're not no mechanics and I'm not even a construction guy. Like I was wearing suits every day before I got into construction. So it was just like that was a whole curve and curve for me right there. Like, oh, man, you know, I'm out here. I got to get dirty now. But, you know. It's a grind, man. And it's something that I realized that, you know, connecting what I was doing from a wholesale perspective, I didn't have much money. It was hard to even get contractors then to come and, you know, assess my properties for me as I'm getting them under contract. Like I was saying, I, it took me two years to close my first deal, but I probably contracted like 12 properties at least. Mm-hmm. Easy. You feel me? Before. So my closeout game was weak, but <laughs> was there. But, but I knew that. I could own a piece of the company that was going to be on the back end of this whole thing because my goal is to continue to buy properties and continue to wholesale. So it was like, if we got the you know resource in pocket, then you know we the people that's getting it the cheapest. So that was really the mentality behind it. Like we're gonna go the long way with it. Then we need to be on the other side of this thing because you either got the property, you got the financing, or you got the construction. 
All right, so now let's bring it up to like what you got going on today. In terms of today, like what, what is your strategy now? Are you still like primarily wholesaling? Are you buying holding? Are you doing a little bit of everything? Like what is your main focus these days? Got you. Well, I thought that I was just, you know, setting up a side play with the construction and letting my, you know, my guys do their thing because they didn't really have main businesses or anything like that. My main focus was on the investing, but the construction just grew so fast that it kind of took over and kind of became my mainstay and like, uh, you know, what I needed to try and, you know, anchor into the ground for real, for real. It was doing way more volume than what I was doing, you know, wholesaling deals. And I realized that, but I really wanted to, you know, I want to be the biggest investor I can be. My end goal is, you know, multifamily, um, you know, holdings and development where, you know, I'm being creative with just new construction, new design, um, and just kind of doing what I want to do. Like I always had this vision of like, having like one of those uh, cul-de-sacs with like, you know, eight properties on it and they all like custom homes. Like I kind of had that vision before I was even in real estate. And it was just like, you know, gotcha. I, I, I get it. So, you know, now kind of what I do today, back to that, right. Construction is like my mainstay. I'm trying to definitely get back in, in the wholesaling lane a little bit more this year and close a couple more deals. Um, but it's more for me about getting on the investment side of it at the forefront, whereas though I can leverage, what I've been trying to do the whole time. You feel me? If I can get a house at, you know, just say 50,000 and it's worth, you know, uh, 150,000 or something like that. We know the construction is, you know, 80,000, but it's going to really cost us, you know, 50,000 due to construction. You know, I got a $30,000 GC fee before I even touch it. And I can still go do the work and still, you know, be, be in control. So it's like, that's really what my goal is to not really be chasing a lot, like my, a bunch of my clients properties around, but, you know, keeping our primary core, uh, what we like to call them VIC clients, people that keep the lights on all year long mm-hmm. and um, focus on my portfolio and, you know, having my construction company focus on my portfolio. Got you. Got you. So along this journey, right, you talked about, you know, starting out in Norristown, like some of your trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome to get you to where you are today, where you have the construction company? You know, you're an investor now yourself. Um, what was the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome? Um, okay. So when you say my hurdle in, in the sense of like just life or in the sense of the business or like Either. What, whatever comes to mind when I ask you the question about your hurdle, like, so, you um, know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of things that come to mind. I think, I think, you know, just initially, even outside of before we start talking about money is like getting the right people involved and like getting past the point of like, you think everybody's supposed to, you know, see your vision and stuff like that. The people you love, the people that's around you, like a lot of times they're not really, they're not really in tune. So like, you got to kind of got to, you know, go ahead and take off yourself and like the people that you're supposed to meet is going to meet you on the path to where you're going. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, something that I really learned early, um, just hustling and trying to figure all of this stuff out. I would say um, business hurdle um, definitely was capital. You feel me? We started with nothing. Like our first, you know, big investment, I would say for a construction business was a $1,500 pickup truck. You feel me? So it was like, Literally, we just started the LLC, put like $100 in a bank account to open the account and like, you know, started doing labor to start like getting our thing going. Uh, one of my partners, Mike, he had uh, he had a cleaning company called MC2. And, um, you know, he had wanted me to come down and help him like get more clients and, you know, help him scale. So it was easy for me to just be like, oh, all right, well, let's just join a business and like do this when it was time. But I had to come down to see what he was doing. But when I got there, basically... He was getting paid labor rates. So just say guys are paying, you know, $20, $20 an hour, $25 an hour for laborers and he's working. They need more guys there. So 
you know, we can pay guys twelve dollars an hour and, you know, we make the difference. So that's kind of how we got into our first jobs when we actually already you know, incorporated our business. It was that we went right back to his clients and then sent four guys to sites or however many guys they needed. And then we started making money off top, which is time. Let's call it like time and material. So um, that was that. We might make $12 an hour, $15 an hour off of each guy by the end of the week and put that away. If we were on site, we'd make, you know, whatever we make as people, we keep mm-hmm. our whole $25 an hour, whatever it is. And, um, you know, that kind of got us started. But we, at the time, you know, we're in mansions and, you know, we're in, you know, affluent areas right outside, you know, Philly. And uh, it was dope. I wish we could have got a lot more content and social proof um, at that time, but they didn't know the know the game i kept telling yo you gotta get these pictures you gotta get these pictures because most yeah. i'm doing other stuff i'm not even on site i'm just running in other businesses and doing this and that so um it, it came to a point where they kind of got on me like look you need to you know you need to put your time in we don't like what this time materials is doing over here they're not really respecting our hand and like we need other jobs so that's when i got in my bag and like we um i got my first contract shout out my man uh d-rock um he, he owned a uh, wonderful cleaning at the time he still does actually doing numbers on the cleaning business, labor side. But he had a contract with a guy from our neighborhood. He had three houses that he wanted to demo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was my first $5,000 contract. And, you know, we got smoked. Like, if I had to do the jobs today, we probably would have been in them for at least $20,000 to do those joints. So, but that's when I started getting that social proof. I built our website from that. And, um, you know, the Instagram started going, stuff like that. And um, from there... We got with Greg Parker. He had made a post um, looking for some laborers for a job. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting down there like the next day or so or something like that. He was paying guys by the day. It was like 60, 70 hours a day or something like that. Um, And, yeah, we got guys on site. We came with our own equipment. We came with our pickup truck. Other guys was coming off Instagram, too, but they didn't have no jersey. We was like kind of already put together. So we ended up actually this is a big monster, too. It's like 3,300 square foot, uh, you know, three story house that needed to be demoed we ended up being on site with the guys the first day and by the second day or so everybody else was somewhere else and we was just finishing it by ourselves um which was dope and um it, again it wasn't contract work if i had to contract somebody for that property today that'd be like a fifteen thousand dollar demo job and um that was it right there boom social media started going again and uh, neighboring investors ended up you know seeing us and we kind of came in low. We started cutting everybody short, two dollars a square foot. Um, mm-hmm. So for a little, uh, you know. 20- so you were, you would take you were, you were shorting yourself initially just to keep building up your brand and, and building up like you know more business. I would say so, yeah, and not even I would say all the way intentionally for real, for real, because we ain't really know. We was you know we was wet, like we was just ah, so active. Um, got you, got but you. It, it, yeah, that's essentially what it was. We was undercutting the market. You feel me? You need to be somewhere closer to like five dollars a square foot. Um, we was in that too. But we turned that first five thousand dollar contract to now we in the city. We 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 passed our little Greg project. We got our ne- our next real client, and um, it's two demos, five thousand dollars a piece. Boom, magic. So that's that's kind of like the beginning journey or beginning steps of us getting our first you know contract projects and like yeah taking that joint to the next level. That client actually taught us what brick exposure was, uh, which is like a specialty uh, niche demo service. Uh, where you take the plaster off the wall and leave the exposed brick inside the house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we butchered a wall or two for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But um, yeah, it ended up being a uh, you know, it's an art, man. It's like for us, it's like putting a Basquiat in somebody's house. Like it's houses are selling like crazy, but this is like one of the main features that people were looking for. And like we like one of the main people that kind of grabbed hold of it and like made it like a you need to, you know, we the best in the business. That's what we say. We the best in the business for sure. So yeah, um, yeah. we done done shit, man. Probably at least easy 50 brick exposed walls inside, you know, in Philadelphia. So all right, that's what's up. That's what's up. So, man, you got a lot of a lot of stuff that you juggling, man. How do you how do you uh stay focused when you got so many projects and things you're working on? Oh, uh, good question. Um, I don't know. It's an everyday struggle, man. I just try and put the right people around me. Um, continue to focus on like leadership and um, you know, just always improving for real, for real, man. That's the only way to do it. Um, just try to keep my mind, keep my energies in the right places, and uh, yeah, man, just working, man, just like. You know, not taking no shorts in the sense of like, you know, no days off or, you know, just slacking off about anything really. Because once you really start to build a strong business, the business starts to take a life of its own. And it's like you either going to tame it or not. So I'm in the taming business, man. I'm trying to make, you know, trying to make myself, you know, wealthy and, you know, just chase my dreams. So this is this is my dream. You feel me? I actually made my mind up about it. And I've been on this, you know, I would say 10 year journey, maybe almost 11, 11 years um, chasing this. I've been in real estate. Um, I guess since 2014 is when I started my actual LLC. So, um, so um, is there a, a book or something that's inspired you along your journey? Would you say is your favorite book or something that you know helped you a lot like through this journey? That's a good one, man. Because I really don't even read books a lot. That's the crazy part. But I would probably say I always I always mention a beach chair money. Okay, it's a book by Jordan Adler. Mm-hmm. Um. It just talks about like the concepts of uh the four hour work week, kind of like Timothy Ferris type type of deal. And like, you know, because once you start making money, you can be chasing money a lot everywhere and trying to catch it every which way. And like it's not really about that. You feel me? You gotta really understand your business models, the scalability of your businesses, and like, you know, try and figure out what your formula is for success. And I think that you know, nobody wants to work forever and yeah. be beating the clock you know that's what i kind of come from my parents and stuff like that my dad was in the streets uh, he had a couple jobs here and there but like you feel me i hop nothing spectacular like he wasn't yeah. one of the goals like catching with a pocket full of money and he busted a move my mom she always been like the nursing field working in hospitals stuff like that but um the funny thing is like you know she'd be bragging to me about overtime or something like yeah boy i just bust them up you know extra 20 hours this week or whatever and it's just like that shit ain't like <laughs> be bragging like that. Like I get it, but like no, we need to be yeah. <laughs> getting assets and making moves and stuff like that. Shout out to my mom, though she is the one that actually purchased, you know, a house, and that's you know another part that kind of plays into my you know our real estate brain a little bit. We used to you know live in the pro like our home town projects. You know they like duplex apartments and you know yeah a six seven unit building stuff like that on this little compound type of thing. Um, but when I went to what sixth grade she bought a duplex actually that was on the other side of town but we ended up converting it into a single family and that ended up being you know the house that we grew up in mm -hmm. um i got you know to play a part in like you know knocking out some walls and you know just seeing the house transform over time it wasn't like she did like a investor flip deal this was like you know something that happened over a decade of time of just yeah one thing at a time type of thing so so that could have impacted you and you didn't know <laughs> Big time, you feel me? I'm out in the yard grinding, cutting bushes down, playing with machines, and trying. You know, we picked the whole yard up and yeah, you know, turned the grass over, and you know, what I'm saying there was a lot of different things with it. So, 
Um, you know, my mom ended up doing like a because uh, on the second floor it was a bedroom, it was the kitchen, and then it was a small, super small bathroom. We knocked out the kitchen in the bathroom and she ended up making a big bathroom and doing a walk-in closet to her room and being able to walk from her room into the bathroom and like you know so it was cool things like that like oh shit like well, all right you know I mean we ain't never had that and like let alone being able to see it happen in real time it was like all right you know i like this stuff so yeah that's dope that's dope see sometimes like you know um you know your parents or whoever you know you're around does things and you don't even recognize how it impacts you until you get older you know what i right. mean that's dope. That's dope. Hey, Corey, you got any questions for the brother, man? Yeah, I got a couple questions. So, yep, talk to me, King. The first thing is uh, time management, right? And so you, you talked a little bit about time management, but now with the multiple businesses and, you know, you, you, your family and, you know, you put you said you put your squad on, how does the, uh, how do they help alleviate the time management? Like, how does being around people you like affect the time that you put in? Um, that's a good question. I would say like everybody got a role to play. Like I'm not at the point where we just figuring stuff out and all this and that. Like, no, we put in some real work. We got a couple good years in like, I would say I've been home for like good five years now about, you know, since, you know, just my stint and really kind of, you know, working with Jay and I did, I worked with Jay for about three years and, um, you know, I learned so much stuff in that amount of time and the stuff that we was doing, it was just unprecedented something that i never seen before just that crossover appeal and you know being able to come from the streets and like you know what i'm saying really clean up and like you know the whole thing was just different the type of deals you know we sitting in mayor's offices and things like so all these things long story short you feel me the lifestyle and you know what i'm saying we you know eating good and traveling and doing things like i brought that home and like said look i don't own that you feel me at this point you know i had ended up actually getting suspended um at one point for like a 90-day suspension and um that was like my, cause I never really knew when I was going to leave and when it was going to transpire. But I was thinking just, let me take this 90 days and build what I need to build so that, you know, I'm on my way to like, you know, setting up my financial future so that all these things I can be doing um, for myself and being able to keep. And um, I just, I just never really went back. It just never really, you know, was timing. And, you know, I just got, you know, super dug in with the stuff I was doing, building my construction company. I had another fashion company, Marathon Sport at the time. Um, Stuff like that. So um, I think that, like I was saying, like, it's not no fire drill at this point. Like, I, I came back with intent. Like, I could have moved to Atlanta and, like, you know, continue to help grow the business and do that type of thing. Um, but I came back and built businesses with the immediate people around me. Say, yo, I got the information. I know what we need. Here go the, you know, here go the boats. Cool. You know what I'm saying? You either go on road as drone or you're going to sink. But it's set up and, you know everybody understood the you know understood the assignment so you know we you know a couple years in i'm four years now in construction um and yeah man like you know i got a question based on what you just said right so a lot of times mm-hmm. people in the business um you know to Corey's point the people you want to help are the people that are closest to you family mm-hmm. friends or whatever but sometimes they're the wrong people absolutely um, have you had those kind of experiences where like because the thing is you want to help the people closest to you that's you know that's who everybody does but you know, have you had those experiences where someone you're trying to pull up with you and you recognize like they not they not they're not there for, for sure and and it, and it could be a lot for a lot of different reasons but like everybody not gonna make it and that's that's facts and um it's funny too because even in a time like i remember at the time of like me trying to figure out my split and stuff like that like i remember jay just saying sometimes like you know they're not ready and because we had so much stuff going on we was making money it's my first time seeing a six-figure business built from scratch you know what I'm saying? So it was a lot of nuances with it. 
and we had a lot of steam and momentum at the time. Um, but I just had to bet on myself and go with what I knew for real, for real, which I done been to war with these dudes for the last, you know what I mean? However many years we done been in real dog fights in different neighborhoods with different kids and you know what I'm saying? Just getting mm-hmm. to it. So like I had, I kind of banked on that, which, you know, we was able to build our own successful six figure business for sure out of it. So I can appreciate that. Um, but yeah, everybody ain't going to make it, man. I done lost guys, you know, just along the way, man, guys that got murdered along the way, people I was trying to pull out. So I'm always trying to fish, you know, the right people out. But like, I'm, I'm past the point where it's a fire drill. Like this shit gotta be like, it gotta be preordained. Like this shit gotta be in you. You feel me? And I can mm-hmm. recognize that immediately. Um, I don't mind helping, but like, you know, I ended up starting you know, my consulting firm um, in 2016. This was just like, again, I was telling you Lear, it was just a lifestyle for me and just influencing and doing that type of thing for a long time. And uh, being as though I was so far ahead of the curve with just business and before this, like, I want to say the tech boom is like people come to me just naturally like, yo, I want to get up started in business or yo, I respect what you're doing. How can I do this? Or this is my idea. And, I, you know, I'm a visionary. So it's natural for me. The marketing, the branding, the all that stuff is natural. You know, the hard part is actually managing and running and scaling a business. That's the different part. It's shit that yeah. we never did before. So um, I kind of leave it. I kind of leave it there. You feel me? I get people set up. That's what I like to enjoy to do because even me, I get lucid with my dreams and my goals because it's so easy for me to visualize and see and put it in motion that, you know, you, you get heavy when you're juggling a bunch of things and now you spread thin and all that. So it's like, I realize that this is somebody else's dream. It might, you know what I'm saying? I can still be a part of it or do something about it, but I don't need to jump on every great idea that I have because it's just somebody else's dream. And, you know, you kind of got to, take your time sometimes but like you know i'm wired yeah. a, little, a little loose man i got lucid dreams man so took it to heart <laughs> yeah i got i got a second Quick question mm-hmm. um so but through all of the experiences playing ball then you know moving into business doing things with jay and all of those people um you know people like what kind of uh um you know cachet do you give to relationships right because you know, a lot of what I heard is relationship building through what you were doing. So, like, how do you feel about the relationships that you built over the time that you've been in business? I and and it's just life. It's a life joint for y'all right here, man. Like, I believe that people are put in your life for a certain purpose and a certain reason. So, everybody not gonna make it to the finish line, and you know, you just gotta understand and really kind of, you know, be genuine, man. I always say like one up and one down with yourself, like. I don't care what the hell going on in life or business or whatever, as long as you really stand true to yourself and like true to your, you know, the higher power of, you know what I'm saying? Whatever your passion and your purposes and stuff like that. Like I believe everything going to fall into place as it may. So um, you just use the pieces on the chessboard accordingly. You feel me? Sometimes, you know, your queen get clipped or sometimes you feel me, your rook might get knocked off. It's just like, you gotta, you gotta play the game and just understand where you're going. You feel me? Cause again, the people that you're supposed to meet is going to meet you on the way, man. Like even, even, you know, this is my first time even kind of talking about Jay on the interview, I believe. And um, I know it might offend some of our political connects because it has in different capacities um, on different levels and different ranges, even though that we haven't even worked together, but people, a lot of people know me from that. And, um, you know, at, you know, it's a struggle. You feel me? You just got to be careful with, you know, what you're doing and how you're doing and who you're doing it with. Like all that stuff is, you know, it's real right? from from the business all the way to the streets. You know what I'm saying? So it's just about being thorough and just, you know, definitely protecting yourself, protecting your brand. But like, I don't know, just making sure you're keeping it even. So I think yeah, it's, it's a journey. I mean, 
it's part of your story. It's a journey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. it, it is what it is. You know, that's that, that's 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 how you you know help. It, it was helping you in your transition. So sure, the, I got it, no malice, man. I got no malice with King. Like me and Jay still fly. Like you feel me? We 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 homies, and you know, I mean, we ain't doing no business, but nothing like that. But like, you know, we texting. You know, we've been. You know, yeah, just because like you don't that. do business, don't mean you can't talk. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So but, you know. it's all part of your story, man. And, and you know, your story is your story. Um, I noticed one thing though through this conversation we've been having. You had a lot of different chess references. Do you actually play chess? I do play chess a little bit. Like my uh my pop, he been you know he been booked, so he that's his thing. He loved to play chess, and like my dad kind of taught me how to play. So we play, you know, every now and again, maybe every <laughs> week, every two weeks or something. But okay, he give me a headache. He bust my ass. I still haven't beaten him. Yet. <laughs> I haven't beaten him. He's been playing for years. So <laughs> listen, man. I just noticed the references, man. So you know, I, I, he must listen. I, Core cooked me. I can't be core, so it is what it is. Like hey, Corey, Corey playing some like Chinese chess and some old, some old. Right. But anyway, that's nah, the game, game of life for sure, man. It's definitely but, a lot yeah. of, lot of, lot of learning in that game. But I noticed, I noticed the, uh, several times the chess references. I was like, "Oh, you must actually play chess because you, you made a couple of different references." To chess. <laughs> the, the first tournament I ever went to was a chess tournament. It wasn't even basketball or football. It was a chess tournament. Oh man, yeah, that's that joint give me headaches, man. I be getting my butt whooped. Yo, you, sound like <laughs> me, right, you sound like me because I be thinking I think way too much, man. It's like mm-hmm. it gets to be it gets to be not fun because I'm like, yo, I'm I'm so stressed out playing this joint, like for but sure. Anyway, but anyway, the funny, man. The funny joint, my dad he always be saying, man, he be laughing like, man, I'm gonna be dead and gone before you figure this joint out, man. I just like, <laughs> all right, like it make me want getting like I gotta figure this joint out. He ain't gonna be talking crazy like that. Like. <laughs> So listen, you told us about your journey, man. You have a um, you know, a, a very inspiring story, to man, of where you're at now, because you're now you, you're helping your folks, you're putting your people on, which is important to you. And you said that from the beginning of your story, it's not just about you, it's about you know your team. It is um, for sure. Absolutely. What's the future look like? What are some of the things that you want to do moving forward, like 2022 and beyond? What's the future look like for you and your uh, your business? Got you. So let me kind of I guess tune you all in. So we got Black Diamond Construction Services, that's our construction arm, and um you know, I want to continue to grow that. Definitely a multi-million dollar construction business. Um, and I never really had no aspirations for it. But, you know, I see a couple companies. Uh, I get on webinars, Zooms, a lot of bigger companies, Axis or Gilbane. You know, they talking about, man, they talking crazy, $100 million and, you know, four-year projects. So, it, you know, that kind of inspired me in a different kind of way. But I never wanted to grow a construction company that big. Again, I still want to, you know, reverse it to this company's most primarily focused on what we need to do. Um, with our portfolio and our growth. Um, so that's that for sure. Multi-million dollar construction business, continue to grow it and keep going where we're going. Um, we took some hits during COVID, stuff like that. But, you know, at our height, you know, we probably even did about 300,000 or something like that gross, um, which is, you know, which is cool enough for me for something that I never even really had no ambitions for. So yeah. um, that was great. Um, and investing side, you know, I'm definitely thinking 100 doors are better. Um, we got some assets over in Cleveland right now that we purchased uh, through the pandemic. I grabbed a three-unit uh, triplex as well as a six-unit building. Um, so I'm looking forward to, you know, just kind of hanging on and just kind of riding that wave out and just trying to figure out what we can really do in, from a community development standpoint in Cleveland, um, just because that's where our, our assets and our holdings are at this very moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we made some good purchases. Uh, but obviously, I want to do more here. I'm interested in the Baltimore market as well. Um so that's that from an investing standpoint. Again, my goal is multifamily apartments and, you know, development. That's the end goal for the real estate piece of it. Uh, my consultant firm um, this year, I'm going to do some more of numbers and volumes. 
definitely looking to take on some uh, some clients. I kind of I've been doing it since 2016, but you know, like I said, a lot of people just come to me just because they know I'm around and you know I'm getting into stuff. So I catch plays through the back door. Like I don't really market outbound aggressively on the front. Like, hey, what's up? We looking for clients? Kind of taking on a case by case basis. But I'm gonna definitely be locking in this year and uh, helping a few more businesses grow and just kind of building my brand uh, with my billion dollar brand firm um, business. Um, focus on the eye on intellectual property. Really, I got a book coming out called Dirty Money, actually teaching people how to get into, uh, you know, the construction business the way that we did right from the bottom, it's just general labor. It's not rocket science. You don't got to make it complicated. Like you get in here and you can make some racks. Like I did a, a, a live um, four million dollar mansion, two dollar broom, how to break into the construction real estate. I mean, the luxury real estate market. It's like literally I'm you know, my mom used to have me sweeping with this broom. We hated doing chores. That wasn't it. It was just like, I'm literally standing in a $4 million mansion with a $2 poppy store broom right now. Like this shit, <laughs> I, I probably would have picked it up a little bit more if my mom would have told me this shit was possible, but it wasn't a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Just kind of teach those type of concepts though, because I think it's a lot of money being left on the table and like, you know, people go to college, people do all these different things to make their money. But this is one of the things where you don't really need no degrees or no extra capabilities but you know the upside is like you know it's crazy you feel me you can be making you know i just posted it i ain't even posted yet but we did a project you know it's snow removal but we did uh joint it's like four hundred dollars um to do this you know property and we did it in an hour and a half if we had a plow it would have been done in 15 minutes but like somebody gonna work two three days to go do that so yeah you know that's dirty a book called dirty money how to position yourself for success in the construction industry and it just teaches people how to get into labor and uh, you know, breaking the game. So y'all should be seeing that come out within the next, you know, two months yeah, or let so. It, let us know about that, man. Cause we you know that because that's 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 frontline stuff right there, right? Yep. So a lot of people don't like to get in on the front lines. People want to get it, you know, be snipers and, 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 and hit one big one big shot instead of getting in on the front lines where you can, you know, do do the dirty work and really move your way up. And people don't want to be, they I mean, don't want to do the work like sure. everything i heard about what you talk about in this story is you doing the work and that's 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 all i want to hear like for sure or, am i doing the yeah. work yes indeed yes i'm doing you, the work. you did the work that some folks wouldn't even want to do but i think first thing that hit my mind and i said i was like man i gotta figure out a way like once you've done the book to get this in the hands of some folks because i, I want to be yeah. able to help folks that are just mm-hmm. coming home right yep. yep that don't have like certain opportunities like this is like ideal for them you know yep, what I mean? Yep, for sure, for sure. No, man, definitely. I can definitely appreciate it. Y'all got a nice list of something like that, man. We could do a little JV or something like that on the list, but okay. the pre-orders is out right now, man. DirtyMoneyContractor.com. Definitely tap in. You can get the ebook, Stop. you can get the hard copy, or you can get the uh the hard copy signed edition, you know, with a private webinar that I'm doing to actually teach on the book and the lessons and kind of like you know, spill game on what's actually going on. So yeah, I'll definitely. make sure make sure you shoot me that link. I'll put it in the description, man. But yeah, um, we definitely need to tap in with that because we always try to help our brothers and sisters that's you know not in the right position. So yeah, try to help them position, get them in the right position. Yep, for sure, for sure. So like lastly, like that's a part of the billion dollar brand firm and the intellectual property thing. Like I'll be doing other you know books content, kind of tapping in with the courses and stuff like that. Um, just trying to take it slow, um, but. Um, primarily the billion dollar brand firm. We focus on brand development, helping you get your business set up, um, you know, all your marketing and branding together, stuff like that. That's kind of where most of my clients lie at. And, um, you know, we'll be getting into other business topics and stuff like that. But, you know, construction is my strongest arm. So I decided to just kind of start there and like, you know, just keep, you know, keep going and keep growing with it. So 
Um, see a lot from the Billion Dollar Brand Firm. That's BillionDollarBrandFirm.com. You can go check out our website. Um, intellectual property is like at the top of my priority list this year mm-hmm. uh, in terms of my growth and, um, you know, trying to pick up some more units this year. So that's really what I'm on 2022. Um, Town First Development Group, man, that's the uh, the face of my real estate brand uh, moving forward. And um, we can be doing some, you know, some heavy things in the real estate space. But I got, you know, a couple other partnership ventures, um, Black Diamond REI, which is an extension of, uh, you know, my construction business, of course. Um, Wyatt One Holdings. Um, yeah, a couple other Christopher Darn real estate investing. That was my first business that I started back in, you know, 2014. Kind of got me in the game. I still own that LLC. Um, but yeah, Town First Development Group, man, that's how we rocking. Yeah, you got, you got, you got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, go brother. Yeah, for sure, man. You gotta have, you know, a couple pockets, a couple different things going on, so that you know, everything makes sense. Um, then definitely with the IP game, like I'm, I'm actually tied into the beauty space as well. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. talk about it much because it's. I ain't really, I ain't really figured out the branding and how I really want to step on it and approach it. It's a lot of feminine stuff going on in that space, but um, mm-hmm. tied in my uh, girl, she got a beauty salon. We started in 2019, and um, you know, we end up starting, you know, another business. We sell beauty products, you know, uh, hair extensions and um, you know, beard oils and hair growth <laughs> serums. <and stuff laughs> <like that>. Yo, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that joint, that joint rocking too. You feel me? It's a dope. And, you know, I'm looking to, you know, turn it up for real, for real in that space this year, because that's the first business and product that I'm using to grow the, in the e-commerce space again. Like, okay. you know, it's kind of starting in that beauty space, but, you know, I got other things that I want to tap into with the real estate, like, uh, I don't know if I want to talk about all this on this one, but no, no, <laughs> be like, you know, real estate's forever changing. So, you know, it's a lot of smart home technology, stuff like yeah, that, yeah. Like products that we can kind of play with on the e-commerce side. But I just ain't fully developed over there yet. Um, you know, trying to take my time. I got to get got to get some things moving and get situated. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur, man. Like I'm out here just trying to trying to stop creating businesses unless it's a business that needs to be created, but get you know, the right ones on the right, right page. And yeah, I mean, you know, slow yeah, walk. It's, right? it's, listen, it's like I said before, it's all part of the journey and you learn from each one and then you figure out, you know, how to scale what you can scale and, um, and grow from there, man. But yeah, Chris, I, I want to thank you for sharing your story, um, and your time with our audience, man. And, um, I just want to wish you uh continued success, man. And, you know, continue to change lives and help the people around you, man. I think your story is inspirational and it's dope, man, because again, what I took from this is like, the whole time you talked, it wasn't even just about you. It was about your team. And I think mm-hmm. that's important because you're helping other folks. And that's what it's really about, man. So I just want to say thank you. No, for sure, man. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to get the mic, man. For sure, for sure. Y'all ever want to, you know, just do some live stuff or just oh, yeah. you know, vibe. I oh, yeah. You know, Yo, definitely, definitely appreciate the vibe. We, we like, yeah, we definitely going to tap in, man. Try so listen. Um, niche topic, so it ain't like, you know I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's all great. It's all great. If, and I'm going to get all the links that you mentioned and put them in the description as well as the show notes, man. So mm-hmm. for our audience out there, make sure you, uh, you know, tap in with Chris, see what he's got going on. Um, Check him out, you know, shoot him a message, Um, you know, and, and follow everything he's got going on. Make sure you get the book as well, Um, you know, get the pre-orders and all that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, that project is going to be very important in, in terms of everything you got going on, but... That being said, man, I just want to say thanks again, man, and to our audience out there. You know, I'm um, Corey. Any more before we get out of here, good brother? No, nah, man. I just wanted to say, you know, as an educator and somebody who you know works with with, with um, you know youth, you know, your story is inspiring, and so you know, I hope the youth can take something from your story and really and make something I, out of it. I appreciate that, man. I hope the same thing, man. That's really where I'm coming from, man. I'm just trying to try to inspire, man, and just keep doing what I'm doing, man. Lead by faith and just 
you know, we hustling, man. But make sure y'all follow me on Instagram too, man, at Young Mogul CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, you'll be able to see all the stuff that I've been talking about. Really, it's all there from front to back. You know, the yes, stuff, real estate construction. You gonna see everything. So yeah, it's all on the page. Make sure you want to share that page as well, man. And to our audience, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make; it's about how much you keep. Game elevates, man. And we'll see you guys on our next episode. Peace. Peace. Yeah.